You're listening to The Active Lifestyle Marketer, brought to you by Tiger Creative, the creative agency for active lifestyle brands. Find out more at tigercreative.com. Welcome to The Active Lifestyle Marketer, a podcast dedicated to bringing industry experience and insight into marketing and active lifestyle brands. Whether you're a travel and leisure, fitness and sport, or a health and nutrition brand, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other active lifestyle brand executives, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Active Lifestyle Marketer. Today on the show, we have Robin Pomeroy, professional triathlete, entering her third season. Robin, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Zach, for uh, having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, glad to have you on. So tell me a little bit uh, of the backstory behind um, getting into triathlon and um, how you got to become a professional triathlete. Maybe just uh, a quick summary of what that kind of looks like over the last uh, decade or so. (laughs) Well, it actually starts back at um, age three um, when my – I started swimming at age three. Um, my mom and my sisters were, um, my mom was a coach and my sisters were, uh, swimmers and they were older and might as well just go with them instead of do something else. So I started swimming at a young age, then, uh, swam and ran through high school and then, uh, ran through college, um, but was on the injured reserve list, uh, for most of my time in college. And I was getting pretty fed up with injuries that by my senior year, um, I decided to take up, um, biking and triathlon without the running. Um, so I got into bike racing actually quite a bit after college and kind of morphed into, uh, triathlon. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And were you on the cross country team or track team? Yeah, I was on the cross country team and track team. Okay, cool. Yeah. I enjoyed the distance. Yeah. And so now coming out of college and into professional, how long has has that been since you graduated college and started racing professionally? I graduated college in 2008 and started racing pro in 2014. Um, 14, 15. No, 2015. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, it took it took a few years, but I I did do some bike racing and triathlons on the side for a few years and then got seriously into triathlon in 2012, um, actually when my husband and I moved out to California, um, was done grad school and had some extra time to train as I was trying to nail down a job when I, when we moved out here. And so now as, as a professional triathlete, what is, what is your, workout schedule look like and your training schedule throughout the year kind of kind of look like yeah so um i mean the race season for me is essentially march well i'm starting in april this year but march through october uh take them a month or so of not doing anything and then build up um again starting in december january february so for some base base training base miles Um, but for March to, um, November, basically I'm racing once a a month is the goal. Um, so once every few weeks essentially, and 
just, um, yeah, I mean, training, training quite a bit. I try to balance it though. Cause I, I do work as well. Um, so I can't train, um, 40 hours a week or, or whatever some other, uh, people might be able to train, but I'm able to manage training and, and working. And I enjoy that balance. And obviously the goal would be to get to the point where professional triathlon is the full paying gig, or is this kind of just a, a hobby that is a major, major hobby? What does that kind of look like for you? No, I would love to go to get to the point where it's a, um, it's an independent venture for me and I can, um, uh, self-sustain self, self, self support myself with triathlon. I mean, um, I'm able to bring in some prize money and sponsorship money. Um, but it's currently I'm basically breaking even. Um, so I need to be able to make a little bit more on both of those ends to be able to, uh, support myself and, um, through this, activity with a full-time job and trying to balance that with your training a lot of professional triathletes are that you're competing against are at a point where they are uh, maybe able to pay for their their professional triathlon venture completely with that um, how, how do you find that balance and and still uh, and still compete at such a high level it's hard. Um, it definitely is hard. So I'm, I'm not working quite full-time hours, so it does allow me a little bit more time to train. Um, but you just have to work really hard. You have to dedicate yourself, um, to getting up early and, um, getting, being, uh, pretty darn disciplined to staying on a rigorous schedule, um, and just working hard and, and doing what it takes to succeed. And I mean, it's just day after day that you have to keep working and um, something will eventually hopefully come um, of all that work and discipline. And um, it's it's definitely not easy. You have a couple things working against you, but everyone um, who has raced triathlon professionally has started where I am. And um, I mean, you can't you can't just it's just, it's pretty challenging to be able to just enter the triathlon scene and, um, as a full-time professional triathlete and that's, that's it. So you have to have some of this, um, gray area where you're supporting yourself through another job, um, to, and working hard to, um, support yourself in triathlon and you have to work harder and you know, I might not be getting in the amount of, hours training in that, um, you would be able to otherwise. Um, but eventually hopefully we'll, uh, it'll all pay off. So, so as you look to the next, well, maybe three years, you've, you've been doing this for, you're entering your third season now. So as you look into the next three years, what are some of your goals looking forward as you, as you continue to pursue this, um, professional athlete career? Sure. Um, well, this season I'd love to make and qualify for 70.3 Worlds, uh, which is in Chattanooga, Chattanooga in September. And um, so that's my main goal for the season. I'm also trying to qualify. Um, you know, I would love to qualify in the next couple of years as well. Um, but there's also another championship called the Challenge Family Um 
Championship. They're another race organization, mostly based out of Europe and Asia. And um, they have a championship in June in Slovakia that I'm qualified for, but I'm just trying to get myself there. So that's a that's an exciting opportunity. I mean, it's there's um, is going to be just such a high quality field, a lot of money on the line, and just a great experience to race against um, the depth of field that um, will be there. And so just keep racing um, and keep hoping to move up in these races and then the championship races will be my goal for the next couple of years. And right now I focus on the half distance, the 70.3, and I love it. I love being able to race it. And um, I finally have figured out the distance because um, I used to race the short course Olympic stuff um, until um, a couple of years ago when I moved to the half distance. So I, I enjoy racing it and maybe eventually do a full Ironman, but that's not in my cards right now. Gotcha. So you're focusing on that 70.3. I am. It's a really is a fun distance. Um, once you can get the hang of the hang of it and kind of understand it, um, you can recover uh, pretty quickly after you've done a few and it just, I don't know. I, I think it's a fun distance. So how many, how many triathlons will you do this year? Let's see. I will probably do six, seven, um, 70.3s. I'll probably do a couple of Olympic distances. Um, there's a new race series out there now. It's called the escape from Alcatraz, um, series. Um, there, they have, they will have the qualifying, uh, excuse me. They'll have the championship race 2018 for the escape from Alcatraz race that has held in San Fran. Um, and so there's going to be a whole, um, series of races to qualify for that race, um, kind of throughout this year. And that's a, that's, it's nice. Cause it's bringing back the Olympic distance, um, which has kind of slowly faded over the past few years for, for at least the pros, um, the couple series that used to be, um, here, um, are no longer here. Um, they've kind of gone away. Okay. And so in those six to seven races, what does it take to qualify for those two worlds races that you're trying to qualify for? So for 70.3 worlds, um, the Ironman um, race down in Chattanooga, it's it's a race based off of points. Um, and you have to have so many points to in, be in the top 50 women for pros um, to be able to qualify. And, um, right now, well, you, I think you have, it's five races that you can use to qualify for and each race you need to get, um, four to 500 points. And to give you an example, um, a lot of the races, the smaller races, the winner will only get 500 points. So it's, not easy. Um, you definitely have to, um, find races that have a lot of points and where you think you're going to do well. And so it's a, it's definitely a little bit of a game, but it'll be exciting if I can qualify and I uh, look forward to hopefully racing there. So it's not, it's not just a, a first place podium finish that qualifies you. You have to have a multiple, multiple podium finishes in order to qualify for these races. Correct. That's crazy. And that, 
Yeah. Challenge family is a little different. Um, I qualified for that already based off of my um, uh, race last year in Thailand. Um, it was in October and I was second place there and that qualified me for the for the championship. So they take based off of uh, one race, I believe. And uh, so that this is their first championship race that I know of um, in and it's in Slovakia. Okay. Yeah. So as, as you think about what going back to that balance between work life and race life and and figuring out how to uh, balance those and, and financially fund everything you're, I mean, you're, you're talking about cost of travel all over the world to some of these races. And um, so that, that cost can get pretty high, I'm assuming throughout the year. Yeah, it does. And thankfully, I have um, some great sponsors who've been able to support me um, throughout the past couple of years. And then I have another sponsor I added this year to be able to um, help me get to some of these races. So without the support of these sponsors, I would not be able to race where I am. I would be racing local. Yes. So that, yeah, it's a huge Huge benefit. Yeah, that's really cool. It opens up opportunities to race at some of those races with higher point values, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the one of the big benefits, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 exciting. I mean, I bet to be able to go to this race and and represent um, my sponsors. So it's not just me. I mean, I'm wearing a kit that's uh, full of all of all my sponsors and. Um, they hope and expect that I, I do well and in return, I want to do well and promote them. So it's, it's definitely a two way street. And, um, I definitely appreciate, um, the help that I can get from these sponsors. Cause that's what triathlon really is all about. It's, um, being able to get sponsorship and, and, uh, perform. Yeah. So just so our listeners have an idea of what it what it takes physically to be a professional triathlete, what is your in a in a seventy point three distance triathlon, what what's your mile time for that half marathon? Like your what are you running each mile uh, average in? Uh between six thirty and six forty five, depending oh. on the terrain of the course. That's crazy. <laughs> And so when you're training, what is, what does that training look like? Are you always running at that pace? Is it different every training day? I mean, your, your training has to be planned out for months and months and months in advance. And, and you said that you're still trying to figure that out. And you're now this year feeling like you've got a hang of that training for that 70.3 distance. Right. What does training look like to get to that point? So I do have a coach that I've been working with for um, several years now, and I wouldn't be able to come up with the training on my own. So it's it is good to be able to um, have her as a guidance, as um, I mean, as a total support. And um, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to uh, perform like I am and stay injury free, which is also key. Um, but in terms of the run training, I run. um several of my workouts at a half Ironman pacing. And then there's going to be some workouts that I'm running faster, shorter intervals and faster than that. Cause well, 
you have to run faster to get faster, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you have to, you have to run faster, run harder intervals and shorter intervals. And then there's definitely the easy jogs that are, um, a lot slower. So you need those recovery days and, um, allow your body to absorb those miles. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, I, I just am fascinated by the, the, the f- like physical demand on the body and, and the, the pain and, 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 uh, difficulty that professional athletes put themselves through that, like, as spectators of any sport, we just see the end result, but we don't see all the crazy hard work that has gone into, into getting professional athletes to where they are. And so, um, it's just, it's just interesting and fun to always hear, um, what kind of craziness you guys put yourselves through to get to the point, the success level that you're at. So you have to love the sport and you have to love training to be able to compete at the level that you want to. And whether you're an age grouper or a pro, I mean, you all have to do the training and put in the effort and it's not going to be fun unless you like it. And not every session do I absolutely love. It's not like, um, I don't have those bad days and it's, really not possible to not have days where you just um, are enjoying everything about the training. So there are going to be days that are not as fun, but that's just part of any job where you go and you don't like the work that you're doing that day or you're kind of dreading the going to work. So it's very similar, but yeah, you definitely have to to love what you're doing to be able to push your body to its limits. Like um, any athlete can do. Yeah. So I want to transition a little bit. You touched on your sponsors. Um, what does that process look like getting sponsors? Is, uh, is that something that you're constantly pursuing? Or have they come to you as, as they've seen success in your races? Um, maybe share some of the sponsors and maybe plug some of the sponsors uh, that are supporting you and and uh, putting their name on your kit for, for race day. Sure. So, yeah, Sponsorship and finding sponsors is a definitely an ongoing process. I um, first was on, I've been on a couple teams and that originally helped. So the director of the team um, basically gets together a, a bunch of sponsors who are interested in supporting that team. And you're just associated with that. And the very first sponsor and the longest sponsor I've been with is uh, Craig Ashton from Ashton and Price. And he is, he formed a team, a triathlon team of 10 to 12 elite age group athletes several years ago. And I was, I was on that team when I was an age grouper uh, for a couple of years and then went to um, another team, team free play. And then now then raced on my own for a little bit. And uh, now actually I'm on a, another team, the Michael David winery team. And throughout all of my racing, since I've been in California, um, Ashton and price has been um, a fantastic sponsor. And I'm excited to uh, continue with this company. And um, as, as I go forward and um, so, yeah. So that's been my, my biggest sponsor, um, and just a r- relationships with sponsors are, are critical. So 
the relationships that I developed with the sponsors when I was on teams um, helped me when I went to go and race individually. Um, there are certain companies that um, our teens have had that I didn't, I didn't use the product um, or I just didn't, I didn't like the company in general. So I chose to not pursue an individual sponsorship with them, but instead chose um, a different company where I really like their product. And I am huge on whatever company is sponsors me. I want to really like them too. So it's definitely a two-way partnership. It's a relationship that's, I would like to last for my entirety of triathlon. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a give and take and you want to, and have to be able to like their products. Otherwise it's, it's just not, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. And so as our, our guys like Craig Ashton and some of these other uh, sponsors who have either sponsored teams or sponsored you individually, are they just passionate about triathlon themselves um, or, or not really? What does that kind of look like? For the most part, yes, they have they have a passion and interest in in sport, mostly triathlon. And Craig Ashton has had he does Ironman. He has done five Ironmans, I think, at least. And he just is so passionate about this sport and what it does to people. And he loves to um, be able to represent um, the team that he's he's still a sponsor of that team as as well as um, sponsoring me, too. But he just he loves being able to help people just get out and and accomplish their goals. And I mean, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Last year, um, there was a Kona qualifier on that small age group elite team. Um, there's another one that will be racing this year. Um, several 70.3 qualifiers for uh, the world championship. So it's it's definitely a high quality field, and um, Craig definitely uh, deserves a lot of credit for you know just how he's helped the team get to where they are. That's really cool. And so, do you have uh, sponsorships for like product, like your bike and helmet and and race shoes and and training materials as well? Yes. So um, I have also my other longest sponsor has been uh, Salming. Um, it's a running shoe company and running apparel company. They're based out of Sweden, but they have a U.S. headquarters now in um, Raleigh, North Carolina. And they're phenomenal. They are a company, a shoe company that's made for running, not triathlon. Uh-huh. And um, I have a running biomechanics um background. And so I'm very particular about what shoes I wear, um, as most, most athletes are. Um, but yeah, I definitely love their shoes. They test them. They do motion analysis testing on them, uh, which not all running companies do. Um, so it's great to see that they, they really test their product. Um, they just, so that's the shoe that I wear and I use their running clothes as well. Um, two times you, I use for compression gear. Um, it's, if I didn't have, if I didn't wear compression gear, then I wouldn't be able to recover, uh, between workouts and, um, 
after races. So it's, it's essential for me, whether I'm just sitting, um, or walking around or, um, whatnot, I, I will definitely be wearing compression gear. And so for Salming, did you, were those shoes that you were running in already? And then you pursued that relationship because you just love their shoes so much, or did they reach out to you and it just happened to be this happy coincidence that you love their product and they wanted to sponsor and promote you? Actually, they did reach out to a comp um, out to a team that I raced on free play magazine, um, which is a Northern California based team. And when I raced for that team, um, Salming was a, a sponsor and then I stuck with them when I, um, went to race on my own. So I was able to keep them, but I first developed that relationship when I was on the team. Okay, cool. And then what kind of, what kind of wetsuits do you use? Uh, I will be wearing a Roka this year and, uh, I'm pretty darn excited. So that's a sponsorship through my new team, Michael David Winery. Oh, very uh, cool. Yeah. And I, I've worn a Roka before. Um, I just love the flexibility in the shoulders, especially coming from a little bit of a swim background. Um, just being able to have um, a little bit looser material in that in the shoulder area allows me to uh, just have a natural swim stro- stroke when you're in a wetsuit. And I've always felt a little bit restricted on that. Yeah, I can. So I'm excited. I can see that. Yeah, we, I, so I'm not a professional triathlete by any means, but we raced as kids in Iron Kids. And then we've always just done races here and there with my dad, who's big into triathlons as well. And, oh, yeah. and who That's actually awesome. introduced us. And so, um, yeah, that the swimming has always been a part of our background. We grew up on the swim team and, and, and so, being in a wetsuit was always constricting and, and just the, the movement didn't allow for that flexibility that you're talking about. So, um, so I'm always in look and in search for a wetsuit that, that would allow for that freedom. And so I probably will check these guys out because of your recommendation. Yeah. And they're, they're huge for in the triathlon market right now. People just love, love the company. Um, what their product is and and who they are. It's a their customer service is fantastic, um, and yeah, they're just a company that um, I would just go to. That's very cool. And then any other notable sponsors that you want to rep or promote real quick? Um, Bobo's Oat Bars is a um, delicious bar that's based. Uh, I, um, it's an oat bar based out of Boulder, Colorado. Um, and let's see. Actually, I did approach them, I think, a couple years ago. And they, because I started eating Bobo's. Um, it's just a the, just one of the little bites. And it was delicious. And they're all gluten-free, which is um, huge for me since I have... I have celiac, so I have to be gluten-free. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, all their bars are certified gluten-free, um, vegan, and they're just – they're delicious. And I use them for training and fuel and just snacks. And so um, they, they just send me bars, and I'm able to promote them. Um, and I love being able to give the bars out and um, 
have people enjoy them too and get introduced to them. So for the Bobo's Oat Bars, is that a part of your training regimen and, and nutrition for that? Is it a, a mid-race um, snack that you, you'll implement into your racing? What does that kind of look like using those bars? So I absolutely train with them. Long rides, it's great fuel. Um, I also use them just for daily snacks because, well, can always use a Bobo bar. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love them. They're, um, I don't race with them currently, but um, that could be maybe something I would use for um, a longer um, event like an Ironman because I do know um, some people that do use them for, for longer bike rides and, and uh, events like Ironman. So. Yeah, so for a, a race, you got to find that balance between eating and, and drinking and, and not overeating and over drinking because that, that is a fine balance. And I'm sure you figure that out and make adjustments from race to race. Yeah, it's definitely, that's been a huge learning curve for me. Uh, Sheila Leard from my nutrition zone out of um, El Dorado Hills, an old teammate of mine. And um, I've worked with her for several years now to be able to figure out my nutrition on and off the bike. And I'm just amazed at um, how important the nutrition really does make in a, in a longer distance. When I was racing the Olympic distance only, uh, the fuel didn't matter as much just because you don't need as much and your body just doesn't process as much in a couple hours of racing. And when I went to the half distance, needing more fuel, I didn't know how to, to, how to do that. And I have a, not only celiac, but a very sensitive gut. And so I just don't process gels or um, um, other things like um, people or other athletes might be able to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's got to be a little bit difficult on race day, especially. Yeah, and just practice and training and deliver on race day, hopefully. So that's the that's the goal. Yeah. So I want to transition to the conversation a little bit um, and, and talk about your your own personal brand. And as you think about your own personal brand, um, growing into this professional triathlon career, um, what, is, what does that kind of look like as you try to build your brand and and not just for a fan base, but for gaining gaining support from other future sponsors and and getting your name out there, Robin Pomeroy, the professional triathlete. Um, what does that kind of look like? Because in this day and age, like it it's it's one thing to be a professional athlete, but um, great athletes have become more than just a professional athlete. They're they're brands in and of themselves, and so. Um, what does that kind of look like for you as you think about that and, and grow into that? It's definitely an interesting concept. And um, you just, I think your your name is just, that's who you are. And people will like you if you are, if you represent um, who you truly are or not being someone else um, the, and acting like someone else. And um, I guess this is a, a challenging question to answer just because it's, um, yeah, I, I guess it's for me, it, I, I'm not totally sure how to answer this question. <laughs> no, that's okay. So maybe more specifically, um, are you, 
when you're thinking about building your brand in this sponsorship realm, like getting your name out to new sponsors and, um, and getting your name in front of hopeful potential sponsors, is that something that you're storytelling through photo and video th- throughout your race? racing and training uh year is it uh are you pushing social media is there a web presence that you're driving people to to kind of tell your story and 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 get that stay true to yourself personality out to those that you are uh trying to gain as sponsors does that kind of help direct the question yeah it does thanks um so yeah the um it's important for me um in terms of branding to also um, align myself with align myself with companies who I really trust and who I uh, really want to have a relationship with because um, I'm representing them and they're representing me. Um, so that's it definitely starts there. Um, and I will only use products that I do believe in. Um, and I will um, I really will only represent companies that um, I want to work with. And that's not always easy because there might be some someone some company who will give you um, a great deal, and you just you know I just won't I won't choose that or elect to go with them just because I don't like their product. Um, so, so yeah, staying true to yourself, staying true to uh, what you believe in, uh, people will um, enjoy that, and people like knowing that. Uh, you are being real, a real person. Um, but yeah, using social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, to promote, um, the sponsors that I use and, um, to promote just, uh, the races and what, what training looks like, um, is definitely a huge way to be able to, um, get brand my name. Yeah. And so, so as, as you think about your social media presence, what are, and, and building your brand and, and getting your name in front of potential sponsors, um, what are some of the challenges and uh, struggles that you have come up against, uh, in trying to promote your Robin Pomeroy brand name? So social media presence is definitely a huge, um, deal, especially, in triathlon right now, but it's also a a big deal in, in every aspect of our lives. Um, it's definitely taking control over, um, how people, um, promote stuff. Um, so it is a critical part of being able to, um, publicize your sponsors and, um, to get information out, um, important information out about the sponsors and what they have. And, um, but it's not just about social media and there are some companies who, um, that's all they want. And I've been, um, I've, I've been told that because I don't have a big enough following, um, that the company doesn't want to sponsor me. And that's, that's hard because even though I like the product, um, you know, I have a long way to go with my social media following, but it's not a company that I want to align myself with either. So it's, um, I want a company that is going to respect me for, uh, what I do in the sport, um, and do for them, um, personally and not just what I have 
on my Twitter account and what I do for them on, on Facebook. So right. obviously I definitely need to promote and that is, that just comes with the territory. You need to have promotion on that product. Um, but if that's the only thing that the company looks at, then it's not, it's not something that I want to um, align myself with. Well, yeah. And, and going back to staying true to yourself, you want to look for companies that are not just in it for themselves to put their name on, on you, Robin Pomeroy, because you're a successful triathlete, but companies that, um, see that there is, there can be success in helping you grow in that area, uh, helping you grow as a triathlete, because as you grow as a triathlete, as you grow your presence, they're going to be more successful. And so not just coming to you and saying, Hey, we want to put our name on you because you're successful, but saying, Hey, we believe in what you're doing because you've stayed true to yourself. We believe in you as an athlete and we want to help you grow in that, in whatever area you're trying to grow in or whatever area you need grow growth in like a company that will align themselves to help you get to that point. Um, is, is a, 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 much better company to align yourself with than one that just says, Oh, you don't have 12,000 followers. We're out. Yep. No, I mean, they, they need to believe in me as an athlete and me as a person. Um, and I obviously need to believe in them for the relationship to work out. And that is not just, um, face value at social media. So it needs to come at a deeper level. And, um, that's where relationships with sponsors is huge. And, I mean, my my goal is to not just have new sponsors every year, but to work with the same sponsors over and over and to really be a part of that company. Um, that's I mean, that's kind of what I I want to do. Yeah. Well, and then on the flip side, using social media to help tell your story, not all of your sponsors or not all of your fans or not even just all of your friends and family are going to be able to travel with you from race to race, especially since you're traveling globally. And so to be able to keep your just family and friends supporters up to date on what's, what's going on and, and how well you're doing in races is, is huge, both for your web presence and your social media presence to, to be able to communicate that story and let everybody know or update, update everybody on what's going on with Robin Pomeroy as you pursue this dream, right? Yeah. Social media. I mean, it's, it is very good because everyone can keep up with. Um, what I'm doing, I can keep up with other people, even though I don't talk to them on a daily basis. So it's been that it definitely has its the good parts to it. And, um, you know, you can use social media however you want. And, um, you know, I, d I do try to use it for um, its good benefit of of just staying in contact with people, letting people know, hey, this is what I'm up to. Hey, this is uh, you should try this product out because I really do like it. Um, so I, there's a lot of benefit to social media, um, but just, you know, an overload of it, you know, might not be good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we've seen the, we, we see the stats now of what that can do to a, a society. Yeah, we definitely have. <laughs> well, Robin, this has been a, a really great conversation and, and I want to thank you so much for being on the show and, and being willing to spend some of your time, especially in this big move and transition for you guys. Um, if people want to follow along with your story and, and hear more about what you're doing, how can they follow along? Or, or if they have any questions, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Um, well, 
for Facebook, um, it's just my, I have an athlete page. It's Robin Pomeroy, um, Twitter at Robin underscore Pomeroy, uh, feel free to contact me there. So definitely, um, a couple different ways. Feel free to contact me. Awesome. Well, thank you, Robin, and have a good rest of your day. Thanks. You too, Zach. This was fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Active Lifestyle Marketer. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other Active Lifestyle brand leaders or know someone who would be a great guest on the Active Lifestyle Marketer, let us know. We love connecting with Active Lifestyle brand executives and sharing their insights and knowledge with our audience. Just send us an email at info at tigercreative.com. And lastly, if you need help telling your brand story, we would love to share how we could help in that process. Check us out at tigercreative.com. See you next time.